When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. I'm Jacqueline Cordova and I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Visser. Big week. It's Missouri week. It's the last regular duel of the season. Lots of things to discuss. We have a lot of great wrestling um, to break down. But we'll start with some two big headlines for Iowa State wrestling. On a not-so-light note, um, unfortunately, it came out in the news that uh, Kyson Terakina, Iowa State's 125-pounder, kind of had some run-in with the police, essentially. So what we've learned, first reported by the Iowa State Daily, was that there seemed to be a warrant out for Kyson Terakina, and it seems that it stemmed from driving without a license, mm-hmm while having a suspended license due to being on probation from a past OWI charge. Yes. Um, As of right now, there's no commentary from the university. We haven't heard anything from them. Um, All of you will be listening to this on Thursday morning or assuming you are, um, but we have availability this week on Thursday afternoon. So Ben and I don't have you know, any more information than what you guys have from what the dailies reported, or if you decide to search public records. Mm-hmm. So with that, really, there's not, I don't have much to add on that, except we now find ourselves in a situation of, will Kyson wrestle? Is he done for the season? Will he finish out the rest of the season? Um, and I'm sure those are questions we'll get answered from Kevin Dresser when we get to speak to him. So Unless you have anything else to add on that. Yeah, the only thing would be if Kyson doesn't wrestle, it'll be Ethan Perriman at 125, um, who was a pretty highly ranked recruit out of high school and has ability. Uh, That 125-pound weight for Missouri is Noah Certain, who is very good. So regardless of who wrestles, I would not be expecting a win. So I'm not sure whether or not Kyson wrestles the match. It matters a whole bunch. Um but it is disappointing that this news comes out now mm-hmm. that he puts himself in this situation now um, because you'd like to have no distractions heading into the last dual meet, heading into the postseason and things like that. So right. um, yeah, like Jackie said, we'll find out if he wrestles. Um, it, it, this is not another OWI. Yeah. This is 
a situation where he was driving with a suspended license on probation. That's what it seems like at least. Mm-hmm. So not a huge offense, but one where he had to go to the Story County Jail post bail yeah, and do that sort of thing. So we'll see um, if he wrestles. If he doesn't, it'll be Ethan Perriman. But I don't know regardless if it matters for the dual meet a whole bunch. Right. Um, it would matter for the postseason quite a bit. Um, if Kyson doesn't wrestle, if he's out for the remainder of the year, then right now he has qualified or he has an allocation. He's earned an allocation for the NCAA tournament. If he does not wrestle in the Big 12s, then the Big 12 loses that allocation. And then Ethan Perriman would have to very much out-wrestle his seed and um, try to earn a spot that way. So this is a situation where um, for wrestling purposes only, it'd be ideal if Kyson wrestled. Yeah. But that's not a decision that I make. It's not a decision that we make. That's one that Kevin Dresser and the coaching staff are going to have to make. And again, it's unfortunate that Kyson has put himself in this situation. So yeah, those are all my thoughts on that. Yeah. And I did like a very rough, like search into uh, the like student handbook to see if something like this is something that would require like an immediate suspension. Um, and it didn't seem like it um, just because, like I said, from what we learned in the story, the daily put out, it sounds like it was just, he was driving when he wasn't supposed to, he went to the jail. From what I read, it seems like basically he got there, they read him his information and then he posted bail immediately. Um, and that specific type of charge or situation, I don't know what to call it, does not meet the criteria that I read in this handbook regarding what would lead to like an immediate suspension. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like I said, we'll learn more when we talk to dresser, I'll make sure to have that shared on social media as soon as we talk with him. Um, so more to come on that and yeah, we'll just have to see where that goes. So, mm-hmm. but in that same weight class, Iowa state got good news last night. Um, or Wednesday night, I should say, well, Tuesday night, gosh, got my days all mixed up. Tuesday night, uh, Iowa State got a huge uh, commit from Christian Castillo from Valiant Prep. That's in Arizona. He is the number 10 recruit in the class of 2025. And he is a 2022 U-17 World Silver medalist in freestyle. Um, And this is all according to Earl Smith from Intermat, one of my faves. Um, some other stuff you guys should know about Christian Castillo is he, that same year when he got his silver medal, he also represented the U S in the Greco in Greco Roman at the same tournament that same weekend in Rome. So that's a lot lot of wrestling there. Mm -hmm. Um, that same year, he also was, how many did he get? It says he, Captured Pan American gold medals in both styles at 48 kilograms. So nice. Good wrestler. Great wrestler. Yeah. I will <laughs> Big take deal. any and all world medalists. Yeah. World medalists tend to be very good at wrestling because they wrestle against the world yeah. and get medals. So big fan of that. I think that's a great pickup. Um, those lower weights are always really tough to recruit because not a lot of people are that size. Right. You can find people in the 157 to 197 range. Like there's a bunch of people like that. But are tough to find so when you get a good one stuff 
I something I found interesting just because this is something we don't really see in Iowa, so I would have never necessarily like thought of this. But in um, in the information that Earl provided, he said that because Valiant Prep is that specific school, they're not allowed to compete in the postseason in Arizona. Interesting. So Castillo doesn't have any state champion type credentials. Hmm. Yeah. I'll take world medals over state champions. So right, like still very, yeah. very decorated. Definitely has earned. But that you know, is unique for sure. But yeah, I didn't, hmm. I did not know that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, he is predicted to be a probably a one twenty five pounder. And if you look at the future of the lineup, I mean, Evan Frost is sitting pretty comfortable at one thirty three. Mm-hmm. So yep. I don't anticipate him moving. So he would definitely be a huge. Um, huge get there to have him at 125 so absolutely but class of 2025 so we have some time yep so just some headlines there for iowa state wrestling but all eyes are on um iowa state this weekend as they host missouri which is super exciting i feel like we've found ways to talk about missouri (laughs) this year all throughout (laughs) since the beginning of the year we have talked about this duel like i know coaches say they don't circle things but we do we do we're not coaches (laughs) and this has been circled since day one Mm -hmm. so yeah missouri's coming to town they are gosh what are they ranked seven seven number seven versus number five Mm -hmm. so and it's a Big 12 um, showdown, so we're not only getting a regular duel between these guys, but then we get a preview in terms of the team race for Big 12s. Um, so this is exciting. This is a really exciting duel. There's tons of um, really great matches. Do you want to look at all of the matches that aren't David Carr O'Toole, or do you want to start with David Carr and O'Toole? Right. I was wondering that too. He's like, do we do it? Okay. So <clears throat> Jackie and I were talking about this before. Our assumption is that this dual meet ends with David Carr and Keegan O'Toole. Right. So it starts at 174, ends at 165. Um, and I was thinking, why not order the podcast like that too? Let's talk about everyone else and we'll end with David Carr and Keegan O'Toole because that is okay. the absolute showstopper. That's what... Um, I mean, like Jackie said, all eyes are going to be on that match this weekend. Well, because when I was driving here, I asked myself this because I know we're kind of in a silo and we're pretty good about generally knowing like what's Oklahoma State up to, what's Iowa doing, what's Penn State doing. Mm -hmm. And if there's really big, like big matches or big upsets, you know, we're paying attention. But like, are there other wrestling rivalries that you think of as much as Keegan O'Toole and David Carr? Like, I'm sure they exist, but is there ones that are as, as notable as them this season. Cause in flow wrestling did a really great video about Keegan O'Toole and David Carr. And they were talking about how it's the best rivalry right now in college wrestling. Is there any others you can think of? Cause I wanted to ask myself, like, am I being biased or is, or is this really truly across the whole sport? No, it's, it's for sure. Across the whole sport. I just went through every weight and this is, like there's some, you're going to be some really good matches, mm-hmm. but this is the only one where the guys have history. Okay. Um, like this isn't just number one versus number two. <laughs> so like, we're not biased. We're not biased. <laughs> like we saw number one versus number two with Parker Kekheisen and Dustin Plot of Northern Iowa and Oklahoma State. We saw that match and it was number one versus number two, mm-hmm. but they don't have a history. Right. David Carr and Keegan O'Toole have a history. 
And I think that adds a lot to it. And another thing to add something to it is they're both world gold medalists. Mm -hmm. They're both junior world champions. Um, Dustin Plott and Parker Katkaisen are not that. So like not only do they have a history, but they also have more accolades than everybody else. Um, So they have the personal rivalry and then they have the, okay, these are two guys that are probably going to represent the United States of America in Olympic games and world championships. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, no, this is definitely a very unique rivalry. And I'm even trying to think back to seasons past and like, there's probably a few, but none come to mind right now. I'm sure some will later. And if you, and if you're a diehard wrestling fan, you think of one tweet at me, let me know. Um, but yeah, Keegan O'Toole and David Carr is definitely something special. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Definitely of this, of this caliber. Yeah. Um, just because they're just such, like you said, very decorated athletes. So, but all right, then let's do it. Let's start at the top. The top being 74, the top being 125. 174. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, of course, for yep. all we know. They might start at 125. Yeah. Justin might say, screw it. You know, him and Smith, Coach Smith might be like, well, let's just do it the old fashioned way. <laughs> so, but I'm going to assume that's not what happens. So, yeah. All right, 174. Yeah, 174, you got Peyton Malko of Missouri, number 10 in the country, versus number 19, MJ Gaetan. Peyton Malko feels like he's been around forever, and he's listed as a senior, which, thank you. I would be shocked if he's anything else. <laughs> um, Malko's very, very good at wrestling, and we've seen Gaetan be incredibly dangerous. And a lot of Missouri guys are also dangerous. Like, Missouri has, generally speaking, no problem rolling around on the mat. So this is one where if you take heart medication, please take it (laughs) because you're going to need it. This is going to be a match where they're rolling around. Each guy will probably end up on their back at some point. And I'll I'll say this and summarize it this way. If this is a low scoring match where each guys are in single digits score wise, I would be surprised. I think this match could very easily both guys be double digit scoring. Um, Peyton Mako is favored. Um, This is one where I would expect him to win. But never, ever count out a pinner. And MJ Gaetan is that. He's proven it time and time again. So all it takes is like, and this is, Dresser has said this multiple times. All MJ needs is a head and an arm. If he gets those two things, the other guy's on his back and probably getting pinned. So never count out a pinner. MJ Gaetan is that. But Peyton Mako is probably favored. Um, But this is, if it starts out with this match, uh, that sets a fun tone for the rest of the dual meet. I'll say that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I feel like any time we can put MJ Gaetan in a matchup where he has someone who can really push him to the brink like that, right? Like, I love watching MJ and those really, like, ones where he is clearly the dominant one, he's going to win. But I also really like seeing them challenge just because at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's going to benefit him come March. So I'm definitely excited to see how this goes just because when we talk about big 12 championships these two guys could easily find themselves going at it and mj's gonna find himself in championship matches he will by the end of his career for sure he will be in championship matches so it's just one of those where i look forward to seeing him be in those championship level type matches Mm -hmm. so and i think he feeds off of these types of environments i would agree with that he seems to be that type of personality like I'm very curious um, what uh, the ticket count is at right now, mm. but I just have a feeling that Sunday's 
like energy. It's just going to be something that's magical, I guess, in my head mm-hmm. just because of David Carr. But I just see something like this being exactly what guys like MJ and Swiderski, when we get to them, um, who just feed off of this. So that, that's my that's yeah. my assessment of what I expect. So no, starting off with a bang for sure. But yeah, I guess when you put it into perspective, starting at 174, yeah, my heart rate's going to be through the roof. <laughs> I'm going to bring my watch. I'm going to remember to bring my watch this time. So, but no, honestly, when you put it that way, it's almost like beneficial mm-hmm. to start there. Because regardless of what's going on, like Missouri's going to win 125. So mm-hmm. who wants to start with that type of a loss? Yeah. You know, not in this Well, Missouri might. Well, yeah, Coach Smith might want that. Um, Jackie talked a little bit about attendance just now. Mm-hmm. She's not sure what it is going to be, and I don't either. Mm-mm. But Chris Andriga, um, who does statistical stuff for Iowa State, tweeted uh, a couple days ago that the attendance record for non-Iowa duel is 10,100 people. And I would love to see that broken for David Carr's last dual meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would cre- – I mean, I know that would create a very special environment. Hilton is always a special environment. But – if you pack over 10,000 people in there, if you get close to a sellout, um, that would be an absolutely electric atmosphere and it would be so much fun to be a part of. So if you are a casual wrestling fan or a diehard who doesn't have tickets yet for some reason, pick up some tickets <laughs> and it's it'll be worth the price of admission. I can promise you that. I agree. I went on that tirade last week like literally be there mm-hmm. <laughs> not like there's just so many different factors because mj gaitan's match is where we're starting but there's so many other good matches like younger's match is going to be so good like chitam's going to have a really good match and that's not even all of them and then like i said missouri and iowa state have just like this hate for each other that's it's just really getting started, right? Like the back and forth has just really started to ramp up and it's it's going to live on well past um, David and O'Toole, but you have one chance here. You have, as Iowa State fans, not everybody's going to travel down to Tulsa or NCAAs as much as I would love it, right? So why not take advantage of this Sunday afternoon where you can get to, you get to see that in person. You get to see all of all 10 matches. You get David Cardinal tool. It's David's last match. Mm-hmm. So as an entertainer, he's going to put on a show. So I think it's just going to be a really, really good duel. Mm-hmm. I last year, I almost convinced myself to drive down and it was like on a Wednesday. <laughs> it was a Wednesday. Yeah, I think it was like middle of the day where I was like, should I, could <laughs> I? So no, it definitely is definitely going to be a really good match. And not even just looking at David, who obviously we're going to talk a lot about, but like MJ Gaetan has been phenomenal this season. Evan Frost is so good at wrestling. Like, my mm-hmm. God, every time we get to see him in person, he makes it look so easy. He's like such a graceful wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then Casey Swiderski, I don't think I've ever seen him so confident and like in such a good headspace since he started. Yep. Like he, he just seems so comfortable out there and he's just so much fun to watch. Cody Chittum is a beast. Like, I enjoy watching him as well. Anthony Etchamendia is doing great. Younger Bastida is younger Bastida. We don't have to sell you on that. <laughs> like, there are a million reasons why you should be there. Yep. So, random random rant there. I didn't think we were going to hit it yet. but No, nope, that's all right. Um, just another reason to be there. 
number 11, Will Feldkamp of Iowa State gets number yeah. 14, Clayton Whitting of Missouri. So freshman versus senior there, freshman Clayton Whitting from Missouri. Um, where you would expect the senior Will Feldkamp to get it done. Um, this is a guy who is an All-American, returning All-American. And while the, the freshmen are always scary to wrestle because you're not always quite sure what to expect, mm-hmm. um, this is one where you'd hope experience wins the day. And I would, I'm personally expecting Feldkamp to get this win. So um, I'll keep track of match by match stuff. But right now I have Missouri probably winning one at 74 and Iowa State winning one at 84. So I got three to three right now. But um, this, either one of those could go either way, truly. Like on realistically, they could kind of be considered a toss up, especially um, Gaetan because he is a pinner. Like Peyton Mock was favored. Mm-hmm. But if Gaetan wins, I'm not surprised. So, um, yeah, you're starting off. If you start off at 74, you're starting off with two top 20 matchups that are going to be really fun. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Will Feldkamp's been out with an injury. It was his elbow, right? Elbow elbow or shoulder. One of those arm joints. Um, so we haven't seen him in a while. Feels like forever Mm -hmm. again. These, this calendar year has been a weird one. So He's coming off this injury, so he's had plenty of time to recover, you know, get back in there. I'm curious to see what Dresser has to say about how he's been recovering. But what we've seen from Feldkamp is that he is a funky guy, and he goes in there, and he loves to pin. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's it's definitely going to be exciting to have him back. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping he just feels like 10 out of 10 since he's been out. Yeah. So... And minimal mat rust. That is something that's always a little bit of a concern for me, a guy coming back from injury. <laughs> Sarovsky looked great when he was coming back. So hopefully Feldkamp's on that same path coming back from injury. Different injuries, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, it was always scary when a guy comes back from injury because you don't know necessarily where they're at and how they've been conditioning and training in the the during their time off. So Well, and this, this is also Feldkamp's last mm-hmm. college duel. Yep. Like, he's a senior. He's done. Mm-hmm. So this is also his final time wrestling in Hilton and his final time of his career wrestling in a regular duel. So an extra added little layer there for him. And, you know, he's older yep. <laughs> these COVID years, these extra years, all these guys have. So hopefully he's hit that mindset where it's just like, let's throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. What do you have to lose? So hopefully it's a lot of funkiness. I love when it's all over the place and you don't really know what's going to happen. It makes for fun wrestling. (laughs) I'm sure it makes wrestling, but fun wrestling makes for dresser (laughs) to probably actually have high blood pressure. Yes. So no, it'll be good. It'll be good to have him back. Um, Not that Tate hasn't been doing good things, but in this type of, in this type of duel, you definitely want all your, all Mm. your strong guys out there. So excited to have Will and, I mean, hopefully Dresser doesn't come and say, just kidding. Yeah, that'd be unfortunate. (laughs) But from what it sounded like, they sounded pretty confident that he'd be back this weekend. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. But And then 197, another guy having his last match at Hilton, uh, Julian Broderson. He's an Iowa kid. So I'm sure this is going to be a little emotional too, just that, you know, he's been here for his whole whole Mm -hmm. career. He grew up in Iowa. I'm sure he'll have plenty of family up there watching. So, but he gets, he gets a tough one. Yep. 
He gets a tough one. <laughs> Rocky Elam, who beat younger Bastida multiple times last year. Uh, so this is going to be tough. This is one where you're not expecting Julian to win. You would be, it'd be great if it was competitive. If, if mm-hmm. Julian holds this to a decision, I'll be happy. Yeah. But uh, I'm not expecting a win. I'm not expecting an upset. This is one where it's very strongly favored Missouri, unfortunately. I but say, Rocky Rocky's- Elam's very good at wrestling, so... Rocky's currently ranked number 10. Which seems low to me. I was surprised to see that. Well, he dropped. He was number eight. Yeah. So, um, and he's nine and two this season so far. So, yeah, no, he was like kind of an annoying like thorn mm-hmm. <laughs> in younger side there. So, again, like we said, these are guys that are most likely going to see each other again at Big 12. So, yep. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be a really tough matchup. I think with Julian, it's like heavy on the, this is your last one. So let it fly. Like you, you truly have nothing to lose here. Like on paper, you're like, this cards are stacked against you, right? Like Rocky Elam, no one's questioning, oh, is he going to win or lose? Like they're counting on this being a win for them. So why not throw it out there? Make it again, a funky match. Mm -hmm. Just. Go for the shot. See what happens. Do weird stuff. Try to get a pin. Try to get a, try to avoid being pinned. <laughs> that too. I want to say that. This is one <laughs> where if they do go start at 24, this is one where you don't want to give mm-hmm. up six points early in the dual meet. Right. Um, but, hey, I'm all for shooting a few shots and seeing if he can't pull an upset. Because if he does, man, that'd be huge. I would. If, if Julian Broderson <laughs> finds a way to win, I feel very confident in Iowa State also winning. I'd pass out. I would pass out on the back side. So in like a good way, you know, like yeah. not like, wow, Julian didn't think he had it in yet, but like, in a like, oh my gosh, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, I really think that Jester might have a heart attack. <laughs> like, he'd be so happy. He'd be, he'd be jumping up I was going to say, I've seen him in that coach's corner. He'd look like Doug Schwab. He is like punching the air. He's jumping around like. He's not a very expressive Mm-mm. coach in the corner. Very rarely do you hear him really yell. It's usually like yelling because he wants to make sure he's heard, not so much like yelling from like his emotions. And I think he, yeah, he would be Doug Schwab. He'd be flying. <laughs> so I, I would love that for Julian. What a way to go out. It almost makes the losses leading up to it worth it, right? <laughs> like, like, holy crap. Uh, Can you imagine? Hilton would erupt. It would, yeah, Hilton would absolutely erupt. <laughs> it would. But again, Rocky not expecting it though. Very good wrestler. Yeah. Like this isn't in any way shitting on Julian Broderson. It's just like, I mean, like we said, younger loss to him. Yep. Like multiple times. Yeah. Rocky is a very talented guy. So he's walking on that mat, regardless of the environment, feeling confident about himself. So, yep. but, and you can't just have one Elam. Got you have two. two. Mm-hmm. You have Zach Elam. So younger and Zach are going head to head here. And Zach Elam is 20 and 0. Mm-hmm. And younger's 19 and 0. Mm-hmm. So. Number three versus number five. One guy has to walk out with their first loss. Yep. Colton Schultz is the one in between them at seven and one, and Younger already beat Colton this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, if you would have asked me last year who the better wrestlers between Zach and Rocky, I always had a Rocky because Rocky beat Younger, mm-hmm. and Zach was losing to Sam Schuyler. I always had heavyweight last year. <laughs> yep. Um, I think he, Zach lost to him twice, once at big, maybe twice at Big 12s. No, once in the duel and then at Big 12s. They, he lost both times. Um so I, was, I would have said 
Rocky was better. But now this year, I mean, it's you can't deny an undefeated record. 20-0 at any weight for any reason is really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jackie and I have seen Younger for years now. We've seen him this year. We've seen what he's capable of. Um, he is a better wrestler than Sam Schuyler. I think Sam Schuyler would be readily and happily admit to that. So I'm interested to see this matchup with Zach Elam because if Sam finds a way and found a way to beat Zach pretty convincingly both times, um, I don't know why Younger couldn't find that same way. Now, the, the part where I hesitate a little bit is Zach Elam is really good on top. Similar to Rocky. They're both really good top wrestlers. So if Younger, for some reason, gets taken down, which I would not expect, but if he does get taken down, can he get back up? That's the thing that I would be most curious about. And if he gets choice in one of the periods, which you'd assume he does, I would be surprised by a tech fall. If he gets choice in one of the periods, does he choose down or does he choose neutral? We've seen Younger be much, much more confident this year in choosing down, Mm -hmm. but Zach Elam's not a normal wrestler. He's very good on top. So this is one of those situations where I think one of the only ways Younger loses is if he goes on bottom for some reason, whether that be a takedown or he chooses bottom. Um, so this is one where personally, and I'd love, I'm really, really interested to see the coaches and Younger strategy when it comes to this because I might be wrong. They might be super confident in Younger's ability on bottom, and they might be like, you choose bottom and you're getting up. But from my perspective, I I would be surprised if that happened. I think they'd tell Younger, be neutral the whole time. You are among the best. Him and Greg Kirkfleet are the two best on their feet at heavyweight, bar none, by, there's a gap. Like, it's Greg, Younger, and then a giant gap, everyone else. When it terms to on their feet wrestling, we're going takedowns. It's those two and everybody else. So I want Younger to be in his strongest position possible for as long as possible. And for that, I'm just like, Younger, choose neutral. Let's see what you got. Um, now, the match situation might dictate that a little bit, but um i if if it comes down to a takedown i like younger in that situation and it might come down to that it could be a five to three type of match five to two type of match so um we'll see what happens but um both undefeated wrestlers like jackie said one of them's gonna have to go home with a loss if younger does lose it would not be a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination but this is one where if younger is going to contend for an ncaa title with greg kirkfleet Younger's got to win this one. He's got to go to Big 12s, and he's either got to beat Zach again or he's got to beat Wyatt Hendrickson, or maybe he has to beat both. Um, probably has to beat both because he'd be the two seed, and then Rocky or Zach would be the three seed, so he'd have to beat Zach to get to Wyatt, and then he'd have to beat Wyatt to be Big 12 champion. If he does that, then, yeah, he's looking at Greg Kirkfleet for the NCAs. But long story short, <laughs> this is going to be an incredible match. Well, and what I was going to say is that the thing with – Zach, I always, Rocky and Zach. Um, the thing with Zach, I think, and like you just explained, I think that both guys are very dominant over each other in two very different ways, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like Younger has just a slight edge being able to be so good on his feet, yep. which is something that I think will really slow down Zach because he's not used to that. No. And... So I really do think that if Younger can do exactly what he does every single match, just click on his feet and just really tire him out because I really do think that 
Zach is good, obviously. He's ranked in the top 10, but I think that that's where he's going to, that's where he might have like dominance over younger, maybe in one period. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like, I feel confident that younger will just have that slight edge Mm -hmm. because of that. Yeah. Because again, it's just not normal heavyweight behavior. And we're seeing that change Mm -hmm. as guys keep, you know, bumping up and you have, you know, like Greg Kirkfleet and you have um, Keeter at Iowa, like it's becoming slowly more and more common to be a more like lighter heavyweight. Mm -hmm. There's more action. You're not seeing the three to ones, two to ones. Um, Or in the last match, I had to look it up. It looks like um, Sam lost to, um, Zach in the duel last year, five to three. Okay. Like, I don't anticipate that being, I think it'll be low scoring Mm -hmm. because I don't think younger will be able to score on Zach the way he's been scoring on other guys. But I just think he's going to have that tiny little edge. I think he's tire him out. Yeah. So, or at least fingers crossed. So, but that one's going to be a really good match. Mm -hmm. Like this is a match that we'll probably see again. Like I really do think it's either, <clears throat> it's between these two and then Colton Schultz and Wyatt Hendrickson, who's going to get in the championship match. Yep. Like it's these four. Yep. So, and Kirk Fleet's going to be there. Like, unless he gets hurt, Kirk Fleet is, he'll be waiting for someone. And then NC the Yep. And then it's either going to be Hendrickson, younger Colton or Elam. Uh, because I think, yeah, Lucas Davison from Michigan is out at this point. He's 13 and three. Yep. Younger beat him. Two other guys have beat him. So yeah, there's, there's four options for Greg. And we'll see which one he gets. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? For the Younger Bastida fan club, which I hear shirts are coming. Shirts are coming. Shirts are coming. Breaking Eventually. news. <laughs> yeah, breaking news. Younger Bastida shirts are coming. Anyways. We're being serious about that too, by yeah, the way. It sounds like a... we're joking. We're not. Younger Bastida yeah, no. shirts are on their way. <laughs> nope. We, um, shout out to the forums. I hear most of them sit in 113. Um, someone reached out to me and was like, hey. <laughs> Are we going to do this? And we've tried. We we were patient in the past of just like Younger had to figure out some of his stuff and had to make sure that the NIL Yeah, because process, NIL for international athletes is different. Yeah. So, and we're now in a place where Younger can uh, do NIL. So we've, uh, Mike, our t-shirt guy, and I have spoken with Younger and talked designing. And let's just say it sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. It's definitely Younger- doing his signature pickups okay let's let's go with nice. that so as soon as we have more on that and something to share i'll i will obviously get that out as soon as possible so super exciting so but at 125 like we said missouri is again favored here it i don't think it truly matters who goes out um don't give up bonus points it's similar to 197 yeah. don't give up bonus points just make sure yeah if you're you're going to lose. Just don't give up those bonus points to Missouri because every point is going to matter in a matchup like this. So mm-hmm. you got to be smart. So um, not much to add on there. Like I said, it's truly just going to depend who Iowa State sends out. Um, but 133, Evan Frost. Yeah, Evan Frost, number, what's he at now? Seven. <laughs> um, he's got number 22, Cade Moore, who is a fellow freshman from Missouri. Uh, this is one where we've talked about Missouri being heavy favorites at 97 and 25. This is one where Evan Frost should be a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one where I would expect Evan Frost to win. I don't know if I would expect bonus points necessarily, 
but a comfortable eight to three win something in that realm i think is very much on the table um evan has just looked so good this year he's looked so fluid he's uh, it's hard to believe he's a freshman he does not wrestle like one at all and um it i mean we're talking about now but it's also exciting for the future just because like wow this guy's a good he he's a guy he's a he's a long-term guy and this is one where if he's going to continue to be a long-term guy you got to win this match and hopefully mm-hmm. win it pretty handily yeah, I think the thing with Evan Frost, like I said, is he does everything so gracefully mm-hmm. and he shows like no emotions and not in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just, he's like St. John. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, they have pretty straight. Um, they like, gosh, what's the word? They just, you like know, statues are stone faced. Yeah, they're just stone faced. They clearly don't like get too high or too low. So watching him, it's just like, your your blood pressure is definitely not going up because as you're watching him, it's just, again, so graceful. Like the last match he won by like, I don't even know, a tech ball it was, was a tech it? Ball. Yep. I didn't even realize we were at that point mm-hmm. just because I was so like focused in on them. I, I When I'm down there, I'll have my camera up, but then I'll use this eye to keep looking at the scoreboard <laughs> to check the time. I didn't do that once because mm. I was just watching him. So... He just, yeah, he does it with ease. And I think that's a really good thing to have because you don't, it's almost like you don't crack under pressure, right? Yep. Like this is a really high stakes duel. And I just feel like Evan Frost is the perfect guy to just like truly means it when he, if he said it, oh, I'm not bothered by the rankings or I don't pay attention to those things. I would believe him if he said it. Mm-hmm. I would a hundred percent believe him. Yep. So no, I'm any chance to have him out there and especially when he's favored to continue racking in those points and keep making a argument to be ranked higher. I think that's a great opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. So, but then we got 141 Anthony Echemendia, who's been fantastic for Iowa state this season. Talk about his match. Yeah. He's got Josh Edmond from Missouri's number 24. This is another one similar to the uh, Evan Frost match where Echemendia is favored heavily. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Echemendia be able to put up a lot of points. Again, similar to younger. These guys are Cubans. They grew up wrestling freestyle. Mm-hmm. They're really good on their feet. Yep. So this is one where Echemendia is going to have a chance at bonus points and probably a better chance that Evan Frost does just because he is so good on his feet. So this is one where I don't want to say I expect bonus points, but bonus points would be super beneficial for Iowa state at this way, especially if you give up bonus points at 97 or 25. So uh, this is one where Iowa state can either make up ground or pull away, depending on how the match is going, how the dual meets going. Um, we just saw Evan, or not Evan Frost, Anthony Atremendia come off um, a really good win against number six, Kale Happel of UNI, uh, where he showed off a lot of his ability on his feet. I mean, he literally threw Kale Happel on his head. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Atremendia is really good on his feet. He's really fun to watch wrestle. And um, this is one where it should be an Iowa State win and hopefully bonus points. Yeah, he has definitely improved a lot. Like you, I think you no, we might have talked about it prior to recording how a few weeks ago, coach sat mm-hmm. Echimandia out. 
he had a tweak to his ankle, ankle. I think, yep. but it sounded like it was also more of like a mental reset. And I feel like after watching him wrestle this last time here at home, when he talked about how he finally felt the confidence to do that flip that landed Kale Happel on his head. Um, I feel like it did a lot. It did exactly what dresser wanted it to right? What was it? Dresser said, like, sometimes you look like a genius or so, mm-hmm. you, or you come out looking like an idiot. Yep. Well, this time he came out looking like a genius. Cause I, I do think it did exactly what they were hoping it would. And I'm hoping that Anthony is feeling so confident just even after his Kale Happel win mm-hmm. that he comes in and does even more, Yep. you know, sets himself apart even more, gets, goes for a tech fall. Like I could see him getting a tech fall if he's really in it's the It's on zone. the table for sure. So no, he's definitely someone like younger, quick on his feet. He's so fun to watch because there's just a lot going on. There's not very many matches where you see Anthony just kind of hanging around or stuck on bottom. Like those are not very common for him. And no. those are the matches I enjoy. Yep. I, I like my heart rate to be spiked during a match. <laughs> so, but no, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's only going to get even more exciting. I think Anthony's one of those guys that I think is going to do really well in a tournament setting. Agreed. So yep. we're, I feel like we're going to see him peak in March. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Absolutely. But then 49, you got number six, Casey Swiderski. Yep. Love seeing him at number six. That's super exciting after last year. And he obviously went through some struggles I both know. due to injury and um, just, I mean, he said he's it, his mental, he's yeah. young, um, but he's looking incredible. He's got again, number 24, Logan boy, don't know how to pronounce the last name. <laughs> Looks like giraffe, but it's not. Um, He's got, yeah, number 24, Logan Draft. Again, that's not how I pronounce it, but I don't know how to pronounce it. So uh, this is another one where Swiderski's going to be heavy favorite mm-hmm. um, for the third match in a row, which in and of itself, love that. 33, 41, 49. This is where Iowa State can make make up a lot of ground, pull away, do all of those sorts of things. Um, this is one, again, where Casey, if he's on his game, bonus points on the table. He could get a major decision. Tech fall might be difficult, but... Major decisions absolutely on the table, bare minimum a win. Um, I would be with the way Casey's wrestling, with like Jackie said, we haven't seen Casey look like this. His mentals mm-hmm. right now are great. He's wrestling with confidence. Um, when he does get a little bit too much, um, <laughs> he's able to be reined in. We saw that uh, a couple weeks ago where um St. John's like, hey focus get your head right and he was able to do that and he's able to get a was it a sudden victory win or a takedown late in the third period is one of those two and uh able to secure a win late in the, late in the match and yeah casey's just wrestling really really well right now and i i'd take him up against almost anyone right now because if i look at who's at 149 i mean technically there's a couple guys that might be better than him but I wouldn't feel confident picking them over Casey. So yeah. like a guy like Caleb Henson from Virginia tech, I don't know why he would be better than Casey Swirsky right now. Um, so yeah, I like, I love the way Casey's wrestling. He's developed that low, that low ankle, the ankle pick, all whatever you want to call it. And it's really become a great go-to shot for him. And it's been tough for guys to stop, which it, that's it's fun to see well and that's what aiden and i talked about last week when we were sitting here we kind of just went through the lineup looked at everyone's records and from a big 12 standpoint there's he's favored to win the big 12 right now yeah like, he absolutely is like casey swiderski he is in a position where it looks like nothing can stop him mm-hmm. 
So I'm excited for him. I really want him to have that redemption from like that sour taste in his mouth from last season, which clearly we've seen how he's um, progressed since then. And yeah, I think going into this match this Sunday where he's heavily favored is only going to call for a fun match. Like I feel like Casey's kind of, getting to that place where we see David Carr, right? Where David's heavily favored. So we know he's going to have fun stuff cooking, mm -hmm. right? Like he's going to have something, some kind of move, something he's just going to do something that's going to be entertaining. And that's what I kind of feel you can see from Casey. And yeah, like you said, I'm excited because he's just been so confident. He's so fun to be around. Mm -hmm. He has so many great answers for. He is a phenomenal interview. He is really um, good. He is more i think he's probably the most confident person in that room mm -hmm. right now about what he believes this team is capable of yep so i feel like again going back to this atmosphere thing who who's gonna feed off of this casey swiderski mm -hmm. i can just see him being that ringleader of like we're doing this we're winning yep and especially he's the future leader of this team i yeah. feel i have little no doubt about that once david carr's gone casey swiderski i believe will be the future leader of this team yeah it, it's nice to see it really obvious because I feel like in years past, it wasn't that obvious. No. It wasn't clear like, okay, who's going to step up? Who's going to be a leader in this room other than David? Yep. And yeah, no, you're right. Casey's definitely, he's very vocal every single week about how much he thinks this team can win a title. And he's been backing it up, which mm -hmm. is the thing that I want to see. And he's, yeah, he's done nothing short of be exactly what, we, uh, what Iowa State needs him to be. So we'll, we'll have a good fun one with him on Sunday. And then you go to K uh, Casey to Cody Chittum, mm -hmm. who has a tough opponent, Brock Mahler. Uh, another one that feels like he's been around forever. Some of Peyton <laughs> Mako. And I'm just like, how are you still wrestling? <laughs> I know. Um, and this is essentially the inverse of 184, where um, Brock Mahler is the senior instead of um, Will Feldkamp being the senior and Cody Chittum's a freshman instead of uh, winning being the freshman. So this is pretty much the exact inverse. Brock Mahler's ranked number 11. Cody Chittum's ranked number 14. Um, it's one where you probably give the edge to the senior just because they're a senior. Right. But we've seen Cody Chittum be really good against good guys. Yeah. So this is one where if Cody is on his game and he's able to roll around a little bit, <laughs> like he does, bend his knee in directions that should yeah. be bent. My gosh. Um, it could be a really fun match. Uh, I still, every time I think about Cody Chittum, I just think about that Dar Jared Frantic match. It's like, <laughs> boy, if he has literally another half second, he wins that. So every time I think about him, it, it's like, I go back to that. It's like, he can beat a top five guy. And Brock Mahler's ranked number 11. So I don't see a reason why Cody can't win. Again, I'm not necessarily expecting a win. Yeah. But it's not off the table at all. This isn't like some heavy favorite Missouri match. This is a toss-up, probably leaning Missouri, but it is still a toss-up. I just looked up last year's match just because I couldn't remember. Cause I I feel like I remember Brock Mahler losing to Iowa State in some match, and it was like like I don't know that anyone expected it. And I can't remember. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe it was someone else. But Last year, um, Brock Mahler pinned Panera Johnson in sudden victory. Right? Was he at 49 last year? Yeah, he was. Uh-huh. Because uh, I, I remember watching it on yeah. my I was watching it at home because, you know, this Missouri hasn't been to Ames since 
what year, what season Willie did Mickless. Willie Mickless graduate? I was what 2018? Yeah. So it's been a while. So I remember watching it at home. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what shocked me. I don't know. Let me pull up the full breakdown. But I know Brock Mahler pinned Panero. And I thought it was in a well, and then Panero won Big 12. So Panero mm-hmm. got him back at the Big 12 championship. Yes. Um, and it, was, it wasn't close either. Panero won that pretty handily. Um, because he, I think he was so upset that he lost that match. Because he, it wasn't <laughs> the match he should, he should have won. Um, and I feel like when you put Brock Mahler against Cody Chittum, I think the thing with Cody Chittum, and I think we easily forget that Chittum is a freshman. True freshman, yep. So, like, there are growing pains. There are certain things that he still needs to figure out and learn, and it's really easy to forget that when you know how good they are, mm-hmm. right? Like, with David Carr, it made sense that we would expect him to always do the right thing at all times, but even then, I remember Coach said there were things that they were able to really clean up with David to really propel him into success. Whereas right now with Chittum, it's like we're watching him learn those things that most guys learn during their red shirt year, you know, mm-hmm. and they're going to tournaments and we aren't really seeing it. Well, David's first match as a cyclone was a loss. His very first match, his red shirt year was a loss against some no name air force okay. kid at the cyclone open. So like, that's something that no one remembers because he was redshirting. Cody Chittum is not redshirting and he's just being thrown into the fire and almost beating top 10 guys. And I think he did. He does have a top 10 win this year. So, um, no, Chittum is, he's wrestling really well right now. He has an opportunity absolutely to beat Brock Mahler. And yeah, I think he can do it. I think he can truly do it. If he goes in there head on, you know, just like, I feel like the mental is so big. If he can just be ready to throw it out there and just, I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. It makes me think of like when coach um, talks about guys that lose in sudden victory, like you should have never found yourself in sudden victory in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like if he can just avoid going the sudden victory and just like, or I, I don't know, I guess maybe go to sudden victory and get the takedown. But I just, I think Cody Chittum can do it Yeah, just because we've seen Brock Mahler be beat before. Mm -hmm. So I have high hopes on that one. Not yeah. in a like I have high expectations. There, I just have a gut feeling. Yeah. And if Cody, Chid- feeling. if Cody Chittum loses, you guys can yell at me on Twitter. But <laughs> I just have a gut feeling that this is going to be the one where Cody Chittum gets it, you know, because we watched him not get it against Jared Franick, and that sucked because mm-hmm. he was just like right there. And then it was like the one against you and I, same mm-hmm. thing. He was just right there. Like he's just right there. So. I just feel like this time he's going to get it. He's going to be, he's going to be on the other side of it. So, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just a Brock Mahler hater. Yeah. Well, that's what I was trying to remember. Cody Chittum beat Jacory Teamer from Arizona state. Who is ranked okay. number three right now. It's like, yeah. he beat a top five guy and it was Jacory yeah. Teamer. So why not? Why not Brock Mahler right now? Yep. So. I'm cashing it in. Like if I if I'm a betting woman, that's what I'm betting on. Cody Chittum winning. So not that I bet. I'm not really a sports better. No, I'm not either. (laughs) So but so when you did your math before we talk about Keegan and David, did you do did -hmm. you add up your prediction? Yep. What was it? So going into the 165 pound match, I have um twelve to fifteen. Okay. 
12 to 15 going into 165? Yep. No, it was 15 to 13. 15 to 13. 15 to with Missouri getting one bonus points out of the possible 25 or 97. Iowa State currently has 15 in my scenario. Okay. So Iowa State's up 15 to 13 going into the last match. Keegan O'Toole, David Carr. Um, essentially, the winner of the match decides the winner of the duel. Keegan wins. This isn't one. I mean, I know David pinned Keegan last year. Yeah. This is not one where you're expecting bonus points either way. <laughs> um, so it's either Keegan wins and Missouri wins 16 to 15, or David wins and Iowa State wins 18 to 13. So it's, I mean, we'll, we can get into the act. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Should we get into all the accolades of David Carr and Keegan O'Toole? So... I'll start with this, and then you can read us off these accolades. Yeah. When David made the decision to move up, yep. because let's not forget David started his career at 157, so him and Keegan have not always, like this isn't something that started when you know David started college, but when it was apparent like David's moving up, that's where he's going, and it was like very quickly everyone's like, all right, it's going to be David Carr, Keegan O'Toole. Keegan O'Toole said, this is a quote that I have from, uh, from March. <laughs> Keegan O'Toole said, it was a blessing having someone like David Carr move up. He's such an elite, elite level wrestler and has been for a while. I hate losing, but those losses, those losses are much more important and much more valuable to my character and how I bounce back. So, and David Carr also followed up to that and said, I look forward to wrestling him every, every single time because he pushes me. So like that's straight from them. That's how they speak on each other. Like these are two guys that have like so much respect for each other. Mm -hmm. I remember at the end of big 12s, I think it was David like said that his, when it all comes down to it, it's, it's Keegan O'Toole who makes like this worth it because he gets to compete against someone because David would never come out and say it. Cause David is David. And we've talked about how he is not good at, on trash talk. He's not good being selfish, but like it has to suck to wrestle guys that won't wrestle you mm -hmm. that for someone like David, that's boring. Yep. Like you want the adrenaline, you want to be like on the edge of your seat through the entire match. And he doesn't get that very often mm -hmm. because guys know, know that they're just the moment they give him a shot, they're going to be twisted into a pretzel and mm -hmm. David's going to destroy him. And with O'Toole, give or take, if I remember correctly, when David beat him in the duel last season, Keegan kind of wrestled safe. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I'll give Keegan that. that he, I, if I remember correctly, he did wrestle a little safer in that match. But the thing with these two guys is, is that they know each other so well and they probably study each other so much. They have to get crafty. Mm-hmm. They have to play to each other's like each other's styles and these two guys are not guys that are scared to take shots and try and get each other down so i feel like when as we prepare to go into the next like what eight weeks of the back and forth between these two six weeks right is is it yeah it's like it's condensed right like we start this sunday and then in two weeks we'll be in tulsa and then in two weeks one week two weeks Mm -hmm. we'll be back at it in kansas city it's, I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it will be. So. Um, to your point about these guys, not, they don't wrestle safe against each other. They both let it fly. And to your point last year, Keegan did wrestle safe. Um, but that was a situation where he likes to roll around on the mat. And he, what I remember dresser saying this after the dual meet, um, when we had him that next Tuesday, because it was down in Missouri. So mm-hmm. when they came back, um, he's like, I could tell their strategy was to make David, take the shots and then have Keegan try to out scramble him mm-hmm. um, because they weren't sure that he, they'd be able, that Dave would be able to out scramble Keegan because Keegan was so confident in his ability to do that. Um, and David being David, he's so technically perfect. Like yeah. guys like younger guys, like Greg Kirkfleet are phenomenal wrestlers. They're great on their feet, but they're explosive and more athletic than everybody. David Carr is as close to a technically perfect wrestler as you're going to find. Like when he gets in on a leg, he's finishing the shot almost always. And I think that's something that Missouri and Keegan O'Toole didn't expect at the dual meet last year. Um, so then when you go fast forward to the big 12s and that match is so super tight, they both get takedowns. They're both really getting after it. And then it goes to sudden victory. David locks up a cradle and pins him, which electric, right? Like that's incredible. Yeah. Um, but we see him open up and we see him wanting to wrestle David. And like Jackie said, we don't see that often. Like people we've seen (laughs) so many times people just throw it in reverse and back up the whole time and seemingly somehow not get called for stalling more often than not, which I do not understand or guys wrestling from a knee, which just infuriates me on the spot. Um, (laughs) So Keegan O'Toole does not do that. Keegan O'Toole has my utmost respect. And then we see the NCAAs, the championship, um keegan gets that match and again it's because he's being aggressive it's because he's wanting to wrestle david and um does that match suck does it suck that david lost yes it does but it wasn't a loss where um david was forcing all the action and the guy just threw in reverse and got a lucky takedown keegan beat him mm-hmm. and he shot shots he finished shots which again is really hard to do on david Carp because he's so technically sound um so this is a match where um, you're going to see some incredibly high level wrestling. Like it's going to be when we talked about the beginning of the podcast where this is two junior world champions, two of the, the best in the entire world for the age group, two guys that'll be representing the United States in the Olympic games and world championships going forward for years to come. Probably um, guys that will have very good chances to take home Olympic gold medals and Olymp- or world gold medals. To be able to see that in a dual meet in Hilton Coliseum in Ames, Iowa, 
is an unbelievable opportunity to see two of the world's absolute best at their sport. Mm-hmm. When else do you see that? Like, I get, I suppose you see that in basketball every now and again at the college level, but also not really. Like, yeah. um, Iowa State has a very good team. Houston has a very good team. We just saw a top 10, almost a top five matchup in basketball. But which of those guys on those teams were both among the best in the world? Right. None. Mm-hmm. And they're both top 10 teams. Um, this is truly two of the best in the entire world going at it. And you're going to see some incredible high level wrestling that will probably knock you back. I don't know whether or not David's going to win. If I were a betting man, like Jackie said earlier, I would bet on David to win this match because like Jackie has said, it's his last match in Hilton. It's going to be hopefully a pretty packed house. The atmosphere is going to be electric. He's going to want revenge from March of last year. Um, that's not to say he's, it's a guaranteed win. Keegan O'Toole is an incredible wrestler. Mm-hmm. But if you gave me odds, I would take David Carr. I think the only time that I watch David wrestle in my heart like stops in terms of like, I don't know where this is going to go. It's against Keegan O'Toole. It's the only time I truly can't like, and it's not a, a knock on David at all. It is just that David and Keegan are just so good. Mm-hmm. They're so good. And I I feel more confident about David winning in Hilton. I think when you want to talk about like home home court advantage, right? Home mat advantage. Mm-hmm. I think David has it. I think that he is just going to be feeling all sorts of things and feeling real confident. I mean, his dad's going to be, you know, Matt's side. It's his last time there. It's like that whole like wrestle free type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think in this environment, and not that I think it'll shake Keegan O'Toole because I don't think Keegan O'Toole gets shaken. Yep. Agreed. But like, I think that David will just have the extra oomph <laughs> that he needs, but I, I still think it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Like I really do think it could. And when you look at it, like, okay, these guys are literally going to wrestle each other three times in six weeks. That's a really big, <laughs> big, like statistical nightmare when you sit and think about of like, okay, who's going to win? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't confidently tell you that David's going to win all three. No, not a chance. But I know there are people who feel that way and they should. It's fans. A lot of fans feel that way and they should. They're, you know, they're the fans. But I feel like after seeing what these guys look like head to head, it is so hard mm-hmm. to truly guess because... I think whoever wins on Sunday, they're going to be the heavy favorite now. All the all the big heads are going to be like, all right, X, Y, Z, whoever wins it, they're favored to win the Big 12. And that's what we're going to go into. That's what the narrative is going to be. And then it could swing again. Mm-hmm. So it happened last year. We're just going to be sitting literally with no idea who's going to win. Mm-hmm. I really don't think you're ever going to know until we're in it. Nope. And it's going to be the same time all three matches. Yep. when they meet in Tulsa because it is a win unless there's an injury which knock on wood it's going to be when they meet in Tulsa when it's in Kansas City it's going to be when they meet in Kansas City Mm -hmm. like these these two guys will meet three times this season one of them is going to be this Sunday and then each of the next two times it's going to be just as unpredictable as this time I think David wins just because it's at home like Jackie said and it's his Mm -hmm. last time in Hilton but I don't know they're both incredible wrestlers. Yeah. I uh, Shout out to Andy, as we always like to give shout outs to Andy, the SID for Iowa State Wrestling. Also up for wrestling SID of the year. Yep. Shout out. He uh, he put together, um, 
he titled it setting the stage car versus O'Toole. And he went back and gave you basically a recap of their three matches from last year. So if any of you who are listening, weren't able to watch these when they wrestled in Columbia, um, David won seven to two. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see if it was in the match or if it ever went. Okay. Yeah. Um, Carr rode him out. See, yep. that's why I was like, he just kind of played it safe there. Yep. <laughs> um, he rode uh, O'Toole out the entire third period. So he earned one point for riding time. So six, six weren't takedowns essentially. Mm-hmm. So that was the first one. And then in Tulsa for big 12s, they went into sudden victory and Carr pinned O'Toole. So that was crazy. Mm-hmm. That was nuts. Um, I remember we talked about it. Oklahoma State fans were losing their minds. Yes, they were. They yeah. Oklahoma State fans dominate the Big 12s. If you've never seen pictures, they just they take over the whole freaking middle section. Yep. <laughs> and they were they were sat and quiet watching David and Keegan. Um, but then you go to NCAAs, unfortunately, and David lost to Keegan eight to two. So. I mean, we're talking a very sudden random pin that may not happen again. And both were literally seven and two, eight and two. Yep. So like, that's what we're working with here. And yep. I don't think it's going to be any different. And both those seven and two and eight, two matches were much closer than the score indicated, mm-hmm. um, especially the eight to two match, because I vividly remember David Carr almost getting a takedown at the end of the second period, but the ref didn't award it as a reaction time situation. I understand why it wasn't a takedown, but if it would have been ruled a takedown, it also, I think would have been the right cause very much a judgment call. Uh, ref didn't award it. And then David gave up a late takedown while he was being super. That's really what put the, the match apart. But if David gets awarded that takedown, he wrestles that third period way different. Right. So um, this is, I mean, this is, going to be such a good match it's going to be great well and another thing that andy noted was that this would be david's dual like dual record is 65 and 0 mm. going into this sunday that's so, insane how have you that's like that's i mean it's obviously not kale sanderson <laughs> but like that's almost kale sanderson level we're not losing it but all. like he's that's, going in there yeah like he's going in the records i'm not sure i Sorry, I, I should have done that research and I'll I'll have it in my write-up for this week. But I'm curious where he lands in that record book. Because, I mean, if you ask David, in the past, we've gotten him to talk about being a legacy <laughs> and talk about records. I mean, those records mean something to him. Yeah. You know, his his dad has had such an impactful career. Like, you don't talk about David without talking about Nate Carr Sr. So, yeah. like, the implications of winning on Sunday and ending your career 66-0 and in dual record, like... That's yeah, insane. That's the only two that come to the top of my mind are Kale and Dan Gable. Because Dan Gable's one loss that. came uh, in the tournament, the NCAA tournament, in the finals. So those two for sure have an undefeated dual record. And then beyond that, I don't know who else would be. So if David can join their company, <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty good company to join. I can try and scan these record books real quick. But yeah, no, I think there's... There's definitely a lot on the line, probably for both guys Mm -hmm. um, in all three of their matches. Like David winning a title at the Big 12 championships, he would become a five-time conference champion. Yep. And he would be the only one, assuming, let's say Dayton Fix wins, which I'm going to assume Dayton Fix from Oklahoma State is going to win. Yep. That would mean that him and Dayton Fix are the only five-time conference champions. Yep. 
So like that's a big accomplishment. Huge. And then you look at being an NCAA champion. That's all they ever dream of, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure if you, if you do, yeah. I think if you go back and you look at interviews, like all guys talk about is wanting to be national champions. Yep. So like this is just, yeah, it's huge. But why don't you tell us Keegan O'Toole and David Carr's um, collegiate honors? Yep. I'll start with Keegan O'Toole, two-time national champion, three-time NCAA All-American, three-time NCAA qualifier, two-time dad, Dan Hodge trophy finalist, 2022 Big 12 champion, 2021 MAC champion, back when Missouri was in the MAC, um, 2021 junior world champion, 2021 freshman of the year, um, 2022 Southern Scuffle champion, um, three-time scholar All-American, two-time academic Big 12, um, USA Wrestling Athlete of the Week, Big 12 Athlete of the Week multiple times, Mac Wrestler of the Week multiple times. David Carr, <laughs> Iowa State Male Athlete of the Year in 21 and 23, four-time NCAA qualifier, four-time All-American, four-time Big 12 champion, two-time Big 12 Wrestler of the Week, three-time uh, Scholar All-American, four-time Big 12 All-American, or All-Big 12. <laughs> uh, so he's got Keegan O'Toole on that one in terms of academics. Uh, 2023 NCAA runner-up, 2023 Big 12 champion, most outstanding wrestler, um, academic All-American, 2022 uh, third place, 2021 Hodge Trophy finalist, uh, 21 NCAA champion, 21 Big 12 wrestler of the year, Big 12 commissioner's honor roll, um, 2022 U.S. senior national team member, 2022 U23 world team member, 2020 world freestyle national sixth place, 2019 junior world champion, 2019 UWW junior national champion, and then 2018 Dave Schultz Memorial Invitational fourth place finisher. Is that enough accolades for everybody? Are you out of breath? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> These so, are very decorated humans. Yeah, very high level wrestlers. If I hadn't convinced you before, I hope I did now. So four time conference champions. It is David Carr, Kale Sanderson, Tim Krieger. I'm going to say their last names wrong. He, uh, Tim Krieger got his championships in 86, 87, 88, and 89. There you go. And then Pete Mm. Someone's going to get mad at us. Very, a lot of people are going to get mad at us. But Apologies to diehards. In the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, David Carr will add a little... Little line there for uh, Andy to add mm-hmm. <laughs> for five-time conference champion. So, yeah, it's just what David Carr has done for Iowa State. I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, but, like, everybody talks about, like, the Brock Purdy impact, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just what an impact he made. Or you talk about Iowa State basketball players, you know, and we look at so many guys who had just so- – Monte Morris, yeah. George Niang. Those guys. But like, we need to talk about David Carr more. Like he alone as an individual, like resurged mm-hmm. this program. Yep. Like he was just a kid. He was a, an 18 year old kid with a very decorated high school career, career, a legacy coming in to be at the center of this rebuild for Kevin Dresser, mm-hmm. you know? And of course, we know David's a really big family guy and we know what being a legacy means to him. Like this is really important to him, but like someone of his caliber could have easily gone somewhere else. 
I remember when he committed to Iowa State, Ohio State fans, because David Carr from Perry, Ohio, mm-hmm. Ohio State fans were furious because they thought they had him. Yeah. Ohio State really thought that they had David Carr. And imagine a world where that happens. Yeah. So, like, because they had Kyle Snyder at the time. That was when Kyle Snyder's dominance was going through. Ohio State was challenging Penn State, all of those things. Ohio State fans were really feeling themselves. <laughs> and they thought they had David Carr locked up and he picked Iowa State. A rebuild, a total rebuild. Like, he just. Yeah, I just, I mean, you were, you covered KJ and Mm -hmm. where that program was and they were just not in a great place. They didn't win a dual meet. It was like Steve Prohm's last year. Like no one cared. Steve Prohm didn't win a conference game his last year. KJ didn't win a dual meet his last year. Yeah, like Kevin Jackson's doing great things now. You know, Mm -hmm. he found a way better situation where he's And I love the guy. Truly, KJ is one of the nicest guys on the planet, but the end of his tenure was not good. Yeah, and, you know, Dresser always says it. Like, I I knew what I signed up for. I knew what this was going to be, and Dresser's known for his rebuild, right? Like, that's what his career shows. Mm -hmm. He he's the guy to call when you want to rebuild. Yep. Virginia and Tech, he did it. Iowa State, he did it. Yeah, he's, he's doing he's doing great things at Iowa State. And we've been at the, you know, we've been in, what is it? In like front row to it. Mm-hmm. We've covered him since he started. And David Carr, it's just like, you can't even put into words, like just what an impact and how much we'll feel the impact he made for your years to come. Yep. And we're not even done watching him wrestle. Yep. And we won't be after he leaves Iowa State. So it's just... I really hope people go and watch him in his last duel and fill those stands because he deserves it. I know something like that matters to him Mm -hmm. and all the time we've spent with him, you know, he loves Hilton Coliseum, you know, and again, it's like his dad had such an impact, like looking back at his dad's career, like I was thinking of Nate and uh, Monday, Mm -hmm. you know, their rivalry. And now you have David in this really like, crazy rivalry with Keegan O'Toole who today I was watching Flo Wrestling's video and they called him the babyface assassin, mm-hmm. which is such a good nickname. Cause he has such a baby face. He sure does. Um, but I just, yeah, I just can't believe our days are numbered with David Carr mm-hmm. and he's just been so great for this university. Like Jamie Pollard. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's a happy guy yep. to have someone like David Carr, who's not only such a phenomenal competitor, but such a great advocate for the university. Like all he ever does is talk about how great it is here. Yeah. And like he's a student athlete. Like we just talked, like I just said, he's a four time all Big 12 guy. Right. He's a uh, academic all American number of times. So like this isn't just a one trick pony where he's in a really good wrestler. Right. He is also a great student. And like Jackie said, he's a wonderful ambassador for the university. So like he is, if you were to give a coach a picture of perfection for a student athlete, they would take David Carr. Like, yep, that's the guy. Or they take a Brock Purdy type because Brock was that exact same way. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite charismatic as David. I was going to say, I'd almost argue David's even more. Yeah, he is. <laughs> David's way more charismatic. So uh, nothing against Brock, but uh, talking to him is essentially like talking to Matt Campbell's clone. So that is true. And I think David gets it from his dad. For sure. Like, Nate Carr is incredible. Talk to Nate Carr, you're going to run through a brick wall. Yep. Like, truly, every time I talk to Nate Carr, I feel like he just uplifted me. I don't, mm-hmm. And we won't even talk about anything that serious. It'll just be like, hey, how are you doing? How's life? Yep. And suddenly, he just talked your ear off, and you're ready to conquer the world. Yep. So, yeah, I just, it's, Sunday's going to be sad. Mm-hmm. Like, end of an era. Like, what a career David Carr has had. 
Yeah, I was just thinking about this. How many of Iowa State's current top-ranked guys, the Casey Swiderskis, the Cody Chittums of the world, the younger Bastidas, especially younger Bastida, how many of those guys are Iowa State if David's not here? Mm-hmm. None, right? Like, especially younger, because, I mean, yeah. younger's talked about it this year, like reuniting with David after they met at the Junior World Champions, which, today, which David won, and I think younger got a silver medal in. That was part of the reason why David or that younger felt comfortable committing to Iowa State because David was here and he already had that relationship. Yeah. So, like, how many of those guys are here? So, and like something we've never really talked about on the podcast. My favorite thing to do is look at uh, social media followings in the world of NIL. Like, mm -hmm. it's very easy to sleep on wrestlers because oh, you're yeah. just like, eh, that you know that sport doesn't make very much money for universities. Like, it just doesn't really matter. But like. David Carr is a household name in wrestling. Mm -hmm. He he has a huge following. Massive. Like he did not NIL truly like David didn't need it to be bolstered in like popularity, no. you know? Like I can only imagine like what NIL does for someone like David who already had such a big uh following, but like David is very very popular mm -hmm. has very high social media followings. Like, like you've said before, this isn't just a really good athlete in Ames, Iowa. Yeah. Like this is someone who's known around the world. So, and we get to cover his last tool on Sunday mm -hmm. and you should all be there. You get to be there. Yeah. Like it's not that hard Sunday. Yeah. Just go to Ames. Like you do, like you do any other day, <laughs> like you go to any other, um, a uh, sporting event. Um, but if you can't, you can watch it on ESPN plus. Yep. I'm sure Kyvin will be on the call. He's a great listen. Yep. I do really enjoyed Kyvin. Actually, he's very knowledgeable. Um, and he has like a really, um, just like the way he talks, mm -hmm. he just does such a good job of like breaking things down and explaining. And again, very knowledgeable. So he brings a lot of really great insight into the guys that are wrestling and what's going on on the mat. And yeah, we can shout out to Kevin. He does a great job. Mm -hmm. So like I said, if you can't be there, watch on ESPN plus, otherwise go to Ames. It's at 2 PM. What else are you doing? Mm -hmm. You can start the load of laundry on your way <laughs> out. Um, I hear the CRTC is having a tailgate. Mm. The weather's nice. Um, if the sun's out, go get some sun. Yep. Nate Carr, I think, is speaking. So again, talk about talk about a guy yeah. who will make you run through a brick wall. He'll be there. Um, it's a white out. So mm -hmm. wear white. I know some people were doubting Iowa State fans about wearing white, but I think they do a pretty good job mm -hmm. based on what I've seen at basketball. So go buy your tickets. It's gonna be a really good duel. Like if you want to experience a duel where um it doesn't have the added layer that the Cyhawk does, you know, cause the Cyhawk is an incredible atmosphere, but it's a hostile environment. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta really mentally prepare for that one. Yeah. Whereas, be ready. whereas with this one, I think even though Missouri and Iowa State want to rip each other's heads off, you're going to have fun. Yep. And right now you can buy a general admission ticket for $8. $8 to watch the two best in the world and nine other matches. Literally like these guys are going to win Olympic medals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like. I could go, I talk about this for hours because I can do this with NCAA. So it's, it's crazy to me that this is an event where we get to sit with 
the best athletes in the country in one place. Mm-hmm. What sports give you that opportunity? Not many. They don't. They just don't. So now I'm feeling like I could run through a brick wall <laughs> about this. Anyways, $8. We'll get you in the door to see this duel. We told you all the great matches. It's going to be so much fun. David Carr probably will do a backflip, to be honest with you guys. If he wins, I don't, I'm not going to put it past him. Like, I'm sure him and Metcalf maybe have something cooked. You know, they like to do that. Yeah. So that that's my final commentary is just go to the duel on Sunday. It's going to be great. David Carr deserves it. I don't even care if that makes makes me sound like uber biased. Like David is an athlete that it has truly been a privilege to cover his entire collegiate career. So mm-hmm. I'll get on my soapbox for him any day. He's a great guy. <laughs> he is really good kid. So what's your, your final final thoughts? Final thoughts are I'm very excited, <laughs> and that's it. That, those are all the thoughts. We're pumped. I've exp- I have expounded as much as I can. I am very excited. Aiden, do you have any? Shout out Fairway. Shout out to Fairway. Another season. Another we, season. We still have the postseason, and thankfully they support us through the postseason. Mm-hmm. But shout out to Fairway for making it all possible. Um, as always, guys, thanks for listening. Ben and I will, like I said, we'll be at the duel. As always, we'll be tweeting away and sharing everything we possibly can to bring the last duel of the season, the best coverage we can. Absolutely crazy that we're at the end of the season. Well, end of dual season. So, but yeah, as always, thanks for listening and shout out to fairway.